Sarah, and you're listening to season two of Better in Bed, the podcast where we talk about sex and inspire you to get better at it. So, we are experiencing a period of great disruption globally caused by the coronavirus, and challenging times like these have the potential to drive people together or apart. So, research shows that when people are forced to stay home together for an extended period of time, More babies are born nine months later. So I guess you'd call those corona babies. And divorces also rise too. So I guess you could call those COVID divorces. And those are new words that might make it to our dictionary soon. So this is actually really the COVID divorces is actually happening right now in China as well. The divorce rate has been rising since March, once couples came out of quarantine. So, how can our relationships survive these uncertain times? And how can they thrive? Today's chat is going to be QA style, as I've crowdsourced a bunch of questions from my Instagram followers and members of my email list. So, that's all of you. And I also just hosted an online workshop called Sex and Love in the Time of Social Distancing. And if any of you want access to that recording, please sign up for email updates on Sarah Sense and drop me a line. So I am creating new content all the time, and the best way to be in the know is to get on my list. So let me introduce my guest who's going to help me with answering all of your questions today. She is Dr. Kimberly Carter. She is a clinical psychologist who obtained her doctorate in Hong Kong and now works in private practice. So, outside of the clinic, she works on eliminating the stigma of mental health through education and creating a prevention before cure model around mental health. In her spare time, she enjoys competitive sports and fitness. And I must say, I've actually been in two gyms with her,、yeah. and that's how I know <laughs> that's how I know her as Kim. But I also like her official title as Dr. <laughs> Kimberly Carter's. Sounds much more official.、Uh-huh. So, hi, Kim. Hi. Thanks for coming on Better in Bed. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for our, our conversation that's just so relevant to everyone's life, right? No one has been unaffected by COVID 19, no matter who you are, no matter where you live. That is absolutely right. So let's dive into the first question. Okay. First question is How do I reduce anxiety for myself and comfort and reassure my partner during this crisis? So, yeah, I think obviously those are two quite. Let's start with how do I cope with anxiety for myself? Because、mm, you deal with a lot of、yeah. people with anxiety, right? Yeah. And I think obviously anxiety levels have increased tenfold in the last couple of months、mm-hmm. because there's just. So much uncertainty, right? There's uncertainty with what's happening right now, and the uncertainty with the timeline of when is this going to end, right? And our sense of safety has been taken from us,、uh, our sense of security, and okay, like, well, the kids are going to go back to school after Chinese New Year, and that's like, oh no, not until the end of Easter. And now it's like, who knows, right?、Mm-hmm. And, I, and I use that example because for a lot of people, obviously with children, but the same situation, like with work. Right, so, how do, you, how do you kind of soothe yourself 
when there's just so much external chaos, right? So yeah. making sure that you're taking care of yourself. And I think too, when people are like, oh, I'm just trying to act like everything's normal. It's like, why? <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's, normal. It's, it's not normal. <laughs> no. Like we're, we're so far from normal that I, and I think just this huge part of self-compassion mm-hmm. that there are going to be good days, there are going to be bad days. And the, with so much news coming in every day and the situation evolving every day, your emotional experience is evolving as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think checking in with yourself, like, how am I today? Because mm-hmm. how I am today could be very different than how I was 24 hours ago. Yeah. And giving yourself that wider margin of I'm doing what I can today and really taking it day by day in turn allows you to be really compassionate towards your partner too. Yeah. Right. And I think and obviously the situation's a little bit different if you're, you know, quarantining or self-isolating mm-hmm. or social distancing together versus yeah. if you're in separate locations. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely it's teamwork. You know, yes. teamwork in your relationship, mm-hmm. teamwork in your house, teamwork in your community. Yeah. And I think like these daily check-ins, the same way that you would if you were working at like a big company where you're having your like sales meetings in the morning, like what are your targets for today? What are you doing this week? I think checking in with your partner because it's it's teamwork now, right? Like, how are you doing today? What are you trying mm-hmm. to get done today? Mm-hmm. What does this week look like for you? Right? And having almost transporting a corporate structure or a work structure into your relationship because it's it's business at home. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have to say, maybe we should explain a little bit to people because people are listening from all over the world as well. So I know every country is a little bit different and they've instituted restrictions at different times and are in Hong Kong. We've actually been disrupted maybe for a lot longer than the Western, some of my Western audiences have been. So we actually started this work from home. All the schools closed at the end of January. So it was around Chinese New Year time. I know that a lot of my listeners in UK or or Europe or, or the US, they've probably only in the first few weeks of this social distancing lockdown situation. Whereas in Hong Kong, we've we've actually had it for a couple of months. The other thing I would mention is we've also been quite lucky because we took those preventative measures earlier. So we haven't been as strictly locked down as the, maybe as the West, but it's getting tighter yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, I think we're almost, and it'd be interesting to see if the West has this, but like mm-hmm. we're definitely in like the second wave. We are in the second yeah. wave. Yes, we yeah. are in the second wave. We were given a false sense of security that was quickly taken from us. And now exactly. it's like even stricter, stricter regulations in place. But also to your point, we've been dealing with this anxiety for a lot longer, mm-hmm. I think. So we've had months of anxiety, not just weeks, I feel. And but sometimes I conversations I overhear is almost like this COVID competition mm-hmm. like who's had it worse oh, really? like who's whose life has been more severely impacted mm-hmm. right? and and I think when disaster hits or when when we experience like these feelings of anxiety a lot of the time they feel personal like we feel mm-hmm. personally attacked mm-hmm. right and it's and with this really interesting predicament we're in now where although we're experiencing it individually it's happening on a global scale 
Yeah. Right. So it's a it's a shared anxiety. It's shared trauma, and so I think perhaps when you start to notice that part of yourself, where it's like, oh my god, my life, like, and it feels, you notice your internal narrative is like me centered. Mm-hmm. Finding a way to shift it into like what the world is going through, mm-hmm. and that like change of perspective, again to and to allow more compassion for for yourself to stop taking this this pressure off yourself I think a lot of people like oh I'm working from home I I should be creating a side hustle I should mm-hmm. be doing this 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 mm-hmm. and trying to find a way to I mean don't get me wrong all those things are fantastic mm-hmm. but the moment your internal narrative starts to turn into shame and judgment like that's not that's not what anyone needs right now mm-hmm. right it's again compassion and teamwork that we need to be fi- uh, focusing our our mindset towards yeah. And maybe let's talk a little bit also just about the the power of self-care, because I think it's really important that, you know, you, you hear that saying you can't give from an empty cup, right? So if your partner is looking for reassurance and, and comfort from you, you really also have to almost like double down on your self-care and your things that make you feel good in order for you to be strong and be positive for your partner as well yeah and that's why I think these these like check-ins mm-hmm. are really important too you know like I'm running at 20% where are you at mm-hmm. right and if they're like hey we're both running at 20 okay then we need to overdrive in into mm-hmm. compassion like what what do you need for you right now mm-hmm. and I think no one has any answers right and I think sometimes mm-hmm. when our partner enters this stage of of sadness or when we see when we see people we love in bad places, an easy reflex is like, how do I fix this? Mm-hmm. How do I make this problem better? Mm-hmm. And like, no one has the capacity to make anything better. The best remedy right now is staying at home. Yeah. And sometimes that's the crux of the problem, especially in intimacy, right? Which I yeah. think we're going to be talking about later. But it's like, do you need me to just like hold you? Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. just like that kind of physical touch when when everything around you is chaos can be so, so powerful. Agree. At holding you physically, but also just like holding space for you, right? So as you said, knowing that nobody can really fix whatever is going on right now. These are truly circumstances beyond our control right now. So it's just recognizing the things that we can control and also just holding space just as a concept, right, for each other you know it's something that we obviously talk about a lot with coaching and and therapy but maybe people aren't that familiar with what holding space actually means so maybe you could talk a little bit yeah. about that so like if i was if you and i were mm. in an intimate relationship or even if we were just two people living together just mm. trying to get through this this chapter of uncertainty you know other like blasphemy right, <laughs> right? um so like a funny video the other day where it's like, you know, the government have referred to it like, currently in a shit storm. So like, yeah, that's definitely <laughs> that's how this it. time yeah. feels, right? And it's like, you know, like, hey, Sarah, like, how are you processing today? Or like, mm. what's going on for you today? Yeah. And then for me to just sit here and listen mm. and and feel your pain with you, mm. right? There's this really beautiful video about the on, on YouTube about the difference between sympathy and empathy. Mm. Right? And sympathy is like me looking down and being like, wow, that seems mm. really tough, Sarah. Mm. Like, ooh, right? and that creates a separation. Whereas empathy is me meeting you in your struggle mm. and being like, that sounds painful. Yeah. Right, and it's, yeah. and it's not me like, well, that sounds difficult. Like, have you tried this, this, this? Yeah. It's just, 
you know what, I'm not going to come here with a solution because I don't, I don't feel your pain. You feel your pain, mm. but I'm here to, to feel that with you and to give you a space where you feel like you can express it without mm-hmm. judgment and without, without um, even like just inserting your own opinions or, or yeah. anything. Yeah. I mean, the amount of conversations that I've <laughs> overheard before this chapter, like in public, where just people expressing themselves to their friends and just the kind of feedback that they get from their friends. I'm like, oh, like that. Mm. And it, it's hard because most of the time when we give advice, it comes from a good place. Yes. Right. But it comes from our place. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do we just sit with the other? Mm-hmm. Right? And, it like, and be present. That's so important as well. Okay, next question. Yeah. <laughs> next question. So I'm around my partner all the time and we don't have much desire for sex right now. So how can we spice things up and recapture that sense of excitement? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, this is much more your area of expertise okay. than mine. I, I, I will put in my ideas. Yeah. But, but I definitely have a crack. feel like there is, obviously with everything, there is silver lining to the chapter that we're going through. And it's been interesting to talk to patients and clients I work with and some people being like, is it okay if I say I'm actually enjoying this time? <laughs> right? That there's, I'm realizing things about myself that I didn't realize before yeah. and tapping into certain energies. And I feel like the, the quality or the value that a lot of people are having to tap into is creativity and imagination. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think in terms of intimacy and obviously so much of a relationship is about you know, like mystery from the other. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's how intimacy and desire is created. So how do you create mystery when you're with each other all the time? Yeah. Right. And how do you, just thinking of like things like, how do you like just send sexy love notes instead mm-hmm. of just thinking about like, what's for dinner tonight? Mm-hmm. And be like, you know, what's, what haven't we done together as a couple that now we have time? And like, maybe I felt like it was taboo before, but like, let's do something that we've never yeah. done before. Like just thinking of, Let's try something list. new. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually um, talk about like a, a sex bucket list, mm. right? This is like something that you could create together. And and you could even divide your sex bucket list onto things that we can do during lockdown and things that we would love to do once lockdown or once restrictions pass, right? So to the point of space, right? And, and creating that sense of mystery. I think it's really, really important if you are together all the time to really structure some space and distance into your relationship and into your time apart and together. So as much as possible, what I would recommend is that you try to mimic the space and distance that you have during like a normal work day. So if you can, and if your workspace allows it, sorry, your home space allows it, try to have separate workspaces, for example. Try to even work in different rooms. Try to, okay, even you can't work in different rooms, maybe try things like headphones. And, you know, for a certain block of time during the day, you know, once you're, you've got headphones in, don't talk to each other. Like just try to maintain a certain sense of space so that you 
still at the end of the day when you do come together you're like wow I, I've had a little bit of time to miss you to miss this person and the other thing that I would say as well is to really schedule in sexy time schedule in your dates and it's going to take a bit more commitment to make these special again because you are seeing each other all the time so you need to pick a day in a week and you say this is the time where we're going to do something really special we're going to try something new and then what I need you to do is is really like plan and anticipate it be like you know all through the week you know send each other like little notes send each other texts I can't wait for what's going to happen on Saturday you know you have to really build up that sense of excitement and tension I saw this quote that's always really stuck with me it's like mm. anticipation is the greater part of pleasure mm -hmm. right and I think um like twofold just like having that that build up is yeah but I mean, it it is it is challenging. It is right? challenging, I, yeah. But I think so. You you were like, hey, I'm committed to this, mm -hmm. right? Like this is a challenging time. But hey, I'm in this relationship. You're in this relationship. We also still want to have pleasure and enjoy our lives, right? So yeah. how do we, like, are you in it? Yeah. Because like, again, like uh, teamwork yeah, we and need commitment. to try harder. Yeah. A little bit and have that agreement with your partner as well. So I think that's what you say, like like the three C's, right? So you've got commitment, creativity, and communication in order for you to recapture that sense of excitement. Yeah, I know that's a three C's. Easy <laughs> three to remember. C's. Yeah. Okay. Next question. So we are both stuck at home in this intense time which is driving us to nitpick and fight with each other over lots of small things that wouldn't normally bother us what can we do yeah so this is especially in cities like hong kong right yeah. where people literally live on top of each other and like the only place where you have boundaries are like the bathroom mm -hmm. you know <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. you just need some space to breathe mm -hmm. and i think in times of disaster right which we're experiencing here in Hong Kong and around the world, anything but full cooperation feels hostile, mm -hmm. right? And it's just like, what? like why can't this happen, right? And yeah. so things that used to not bother you, you're just like, you serious right now? Like, <laughs> yeah. like uh, do you not see, like, I'm in crisis mode? Yeah. And we always, it's like, well, they're in crisis mode too, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it has to come back. Like, it's you and me and the situation. Mm -hmm. It's not like me versus you and the sit. Like, it's it's not a, a triangle. It's like it's you have to think of it as a two. Yeah. Right? So like, where are we at in this team? Yeah. But I also think there are certain industries that I feel like are doing very well right now. One would be at home workout gear. The other two <laughs> would be technological devices. Yeah. Right. And I mean, if you have the financial means to do so, invest in headphones mm -hmm. and be like, you know, I can't give my best self to you right now. Give me ten minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. And being able to again recognize your own emotions or like am I nitpicking or is this actually a big issue mm -hmm. right and some I mean like I do with the kids that I work with is the size of the reaction equal to the size of the problem yes right and yeah. it's like they didn't do their dishes like okay what's the size of the reaction I get that it's that it's annoying right or that maybe this isn't the way things are, are usually but again comes mm. out like this isn't life as usual right so how do we and I think having very candid conversations with your partner be like where do you see your strengths right now where do I see my strengths like how do we make this work because resilience now isn't about being the same but mm -hmm. it's about teamwork mm -hmm. right and yeah. it's 
but much easier said than done. Of course. <laughs> of course. I, I think that team approach really, one of the things that you can really reflect is also in your language, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, instead of things, just catch yourself. If you, if you find yourself saying things like, you always do this or you never do these you know, try to change that into, you know, what can we do better? Or, you know, how can we make this better for us? And I think that's very, very important. Also, also the thing is, people respond to this kind of stress and, and anxiety in different ways. A hundred percent. So as you were saying, right, some people are like, wow, I'm, I'm loving it. I love the fact that I have a lot of time together. And, and you know, I actually see it as an opportunity. And then some people are, are really just shut down by it, right? So I think it's also being able to acknowledge the differences. Yeah, and, and some people are exhausted because they're trying mm. so hard to act as if life is normal. Yeah. So they're just trying to control everything. So it's, again, like those daily check-ins. And I love what you say about language because I think, okay, yes, like there's nitpicking and there are things that are just like really, really getting to you. So let's reframe and focus on something else. Let's focus on the positive too. So the behaviors that you used to just take for granted, right? And make sure you're verbalizing it, mm-hmm. right? And it's... And instead of being like, oh, yeah. thank you for doing the dishes, it's like, it was really kind of you to do the dishes oh. tonight because you know how much, mm-hmm. like, and maybe even just keeping it, it's just really kind, right? Because also when we address behavior to the character of the person, mm-hmm. it's more meaningful because mm-hmm. it's the same on the flip side, right? If when people don't do things, like, you're so lazy, yeah, right? And it's like, oh, and now it becomes about their character rather than just about the action. Mm. So I think let's big each other up. <laughs> right? Let's be really good teammates. And it's like, I love how much time you took to make dinner tonight. Yeah. Right? And really coming back to the character of the, of the individual yeah. and just create more positivity at home. Yeah. And, and also, the you know, having a gratitude practice is such a nice thing, you know, especially in these times, right? If you have like five things that you're grateful for every day, and those five things could be your partner, right? So, and if you actually verbalize those things every day, that also creates a lot of positivity. For sure. For sure. I am a huge fan of a gratitude practice because yeah. it also, just from a neurological level, it helps mm. rewire your brain, mm. right? Our brain, and especially during disaster, right? Where we're looking for the negative, right? Yeah. Our brain is like, oh, like, I feel threatened. I need to take care of myself. What what do I need to be looking out for here? Instead of reminding yourself, like, actually, I'm safe. I'm mm. staying at home because this is a safety measure. And so how do I look for the positive there? Mm. Oh. Okay, next question. My partner and I are stuck in different cities and I'm feeling lonely and bored now that we're separated. What can we do to feel more connected? I think what's interesting about relationships, like what that question also tells me is how like the mundane day-to-day is just such an important part of intimacy. Oh, yeah. Right? And it's like... Those like like micro interactions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, having... The things that you used to do with your partner, obviously time differences make it very difficult, but having like coffee in the morning with them mm. and maybe like not necessarily chatting about anything, but just like having them there, mm. right? You know, having the, the phone on, video camera on, and you're not necessarily talking, but like 
sharing space. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good idea. And I love that idea of like the coffee thing. If that could almost be like a little ritual where you kind of just start your day together. And even if you're going about just preparing for your day, just having them there is so nice. I also like the, I like the idea of just like, you know, watching a movie together while you're each on your phones or, you know, you could even watch this an erotic movie together as well and see how that's sort of like turning you both on that could creativity be yeah creativity for sure. creativity yeah. you are absolutely right i mean i actually think that with the amazing technology that we have right now there are so many oh yeah so many ways to stay connected you know like i look at the way that i connect with some of my friends still of course you know video chat text messages that's a big part of it but we also do things like we play games online yeah so we yeah. uh we've got this app called house party all uh, the cool kids are on it i yeah. recently downloaded it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we play like pictionary and, uh-huh. and quiz games and that can be fun right yeah. um there's also a whole bunch of apps for like long distance couples so if you actually google long distance couples apps right they they've actually there's quite a few there I, I can't remember all of their names there's one called bliss google it you'll see and they actually have a whole bunch of challenges and games that you can work on or, or you can play together as a couple and it's those could be actually kind of nice if you want to also kind of like work on your relationship at the same time. Yeah. And I think coming back to like anticipation being the greater part of pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. It's like creating these lists together or a Google Doc together. Like, what are we looking forward to for when we get back together? Yes. Right. And like, yes, this is difficult. But I'm working with some long, long distance couples, like just the level of creativity that you see created around desire. Like I've just heard stories of just sexy photo shoots and things that people do in order mm. to, to, I mean, technology, mm. obviously, I think it's interesting, yes. especially before this chapter, you know, we used to be so annoyed, like my partner always has their phone, like, yes. and now it's like, well, thank God my partner has a phone, because <laughs> yes. I can send them this, I can do yeah. this, right? Mm. And it's, um, it's interesting how technology is now the part that's really just bringing us together. Yeah. And I want to also say something about the old fashioned method of communication because I know <laughs> letter writing who does or, that? or phone calls. Like, <laughs> like letter writing or, or sending your partner like a care package or, yeah. you know, those things at this time actually, they actually mean a lot more than you think they do. Even if you actually, if, if some, if I actually got a letter in the mail or somebody bothered to actually handwrite something for me, I would feel, I think I, I would feel very, very touched to be honest. So don't discount those ways as well, because I think in this time they can be also, I mean, even more meaningful. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I, but again, and checking in with like, what's your language of love, right? Mm. And what's other people's languages of love because sometimes you see you know I did this this and this and I don't appreciate it and it's like well you're speaking to them in a language that they don't understand yes right so I think your attunement with your partner Mm. but then also practices of like if you enjoy really enjoy writing letters like giving makes us feel so good right and it's that like what checking in with what we're talking about before like self-care well I do this 
to feel good. And it's not about the response of the other. I do this because I need to do this for me. Mm, agree. So next question. My partner thinks I am overreacting and minimizes my fear of the coronavirus. How can I get them to take it more seriously? Yes, I, this is definitely a question where, especially here in Hong Kong, I saw a lot of uh, about like about a month ago, mm -hmm. right when kind of when the West had, was just receiving coronavirus, mm -hmm. but hadn't really felt the full wrath of it. Right? Mm -hmm. Whereas what we had had here, especially in Southeast Asia. And in particular, there are just these different like coping mechanisms, right? And you just see how big cultural differences. Yes. Although I think that it's probably closing. Yeah. Quite a lot I now. Think as the information curve, and we're all again, yeah. we all have this the same information. Mm. Everyone's awareness is on the same level. What I, my hunch could be now is that you have partners being like, "I told you so." <laughs> well, I I was actually just before we started recording, I was telling you about what I was reading in the news today about the United States recommending people wear masks now in public. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in Asia, in Hong Kong, we've been wearing masks the minute the we the news had came any out. news yeah. about the. Um, virus in January, mask came out. Everyone had a mask. Well, not everyone. Every Asian, most Asian people, especially with their history of SARS, a dress um, rehearsal almost. Doesn't yeah. it feel like that's what As, we went through? Yeah, that's what I think. Immediately, the mask all came out. <laughs> we know what it did. Yeah, <laughs> we know. Right? <laughs> and. And then, of course, you know the the messaging on the mask was very conflicting. You know, in the West, right, or or, or actually everywhere else in the world, except for in places where which had experienced SARS. Yeah. Well, the World Health Organization yeah. was also saying that masks aren't necessary. Right. Right. So I yeah. think there's, and even when I was giving someone in Europe some news, I'm like, be careful. Yeah. You could be asymptomatic for like four days and still be spreading the disease. Yeah. And this this European guy. Um, asked me, he's like, well, where did you get that information? I was like, well, the CDC, Center for Disease and Control. Yeah. And he's like, well, those Americans believe a lot of things us Europeans don't. And I was like, I was really taken aback mm. from that. And it's also when I realized, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to be able to change this person's mind. Mm. So all I can do is do the best for myself, educate people in what I think is best practice. Mm. But it's it's difficult when the people that you love see it as a belief system right and yeah. i even thinking like some cross-cultural couples that i work with like you know generally like the western the western person doesn't take off their shoes before they come into the house mm -hmm. right like anyone who's grown up especially in southeast asia it's like well <laughs> you don't even think about it you just take off your shoes yeah right like yeah it's, it's not even it's, it's not a thing yeah and i think just mediate these cultural differences now and I, again like disaster exacerbates polarization right now all mm. of a sudden i'm all over on this side and you're all over on that side mm. and that it's a really tough question a really tough conversation to mediate because yeah disaster accelerates things mm -hmm. right and i think what you were saying before about just like covid babies and covid, COVID corona babies and covid divorces yeah because now in these times of pressure this pressure cooker mm. i see the differences even more yeah right? it's like wow like how did i this is this is what I was putting up with, but even like tenfold now. And it's like, well, I'm out of here, right? Mm. Or as opposed to like, again, the pressure cooker, like life is short, let's have a baby, right? <laughs> right? It's um, just seeing how different people respond. And mm. again, like all you can do is check in with yourself, take things slower. 
what am I reacting to here? What is an appropriate response rather than a reaction? Again, it's difficult when you live with this person. It's difficult because ultimately it has an effect on you, right? So if your partner, let's say you're taking all of these health precautions, you're on the mask all the time. And if your partner doesn't take those same health precautions, ultimately because you're in, well, you're in close contact, that affects you. So ultimately it's it's hard to navigate that kind of conversation. For sure. And there was a, a person who you know, her, her partner came home and as a joke, like threw his clothes at her mm-hmm. and she was like, are you serious? You wore those clothes outside and you're throwing those at my face. Right. And then she just like started crying and he's like, yeah. wow, I, he's like, I didn't realize how serious you were about this. Yeah. And he's, he's like, okay, now, like now I take you seriously. Mm. And she's like, you know, he only takes me seriously when I start crying. Right. And, and I was like, well now, now you know this about him. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, now he knows this about you. So now that you guys have this shared knowledge, how is he going to evolve from this? How are you going to evolve? But I think for some people, again, it, it, they're reaching their breaking points. Mm. They're like, you know what? I've seen this part of you and I've seen like, this is how you see mm. me. Like I'm out. Or, it's like a red flag. Yeah. Mm. Which, which would have taken years to reach to under mm. normal circumstances. Mm. Mm. Or it creates a different conversation. It's like, okay, like, I'm sorry, I didn't realize, like, how do we work together on this? Like, mm-hmm. And again, it comes back, like, are we a team or are we two individuals facing COVID-19? Yeah. I mean, I think it is, if it really means a lot to you and you have a, you know, a loving partner, I don't know if it's unreasonable to actually just ask them, you know, and say, look, this really, really means a lot to me. And sometimes just be direct with it, you know, instead of just just being pissed off. Um, (laughs) at them for for doing something just be like look I know it doesn't really mean that much to you but do you think you can just be a little bit more considerate because this is a big deal for me and if they don't well then there's a red flag (laughs) definitely red flag okay another question we have is is it even safe to have sex these days so I'm going to answer that one so the, the first is the answer is it depends (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so I'm just going to give you some of the facts that we know. You need to understand how coronavirus spreads, firstly. So mainly it's through droplets and through saliva through and through stool. What hasn't been confirmed yet is whether it spreads through sexual fluids. But if we look at all of the other coronaviruses that are out there, including SARS, they aren't spread by sexual fluids. So that's some good news. <laughs> that is some good news. Okay. So ultimately the the guidelines are this. You are your safest sex partner. Okay. So if you are masturbating is probably the safest thing you can do right now. But it really depends on your level of tolerance for risk, right? The next safest partner is someone you live with or someone you are self-isolating with, provided that they are also taking precautions with their health too and don't have any symptoms. But again, of course, you know, because people are asymptomatic for quite some time, do you really, really know if they're going to get it? As I said, it's just your level of risk that you are you're willing to tolerate, right? The next safest thing then is 
if you maybe are not in just like a committed or a couple relationship, it's, it's just to have as few partners casually as possible. So this virus wants us to be monogamous, guys. Yeah. <laughs> or just to masturbate, okay? Either, either or. I, I saw something interesting, again, on the internet the other day that was like, if if your hospital authority contacted you and told you that you had contracted COVID-19 yeah. and you had to get in touch with everyone that you'd seen in the last 14 days, oh. how would you feel right now mm-hmm. about telling all those people? Mm-hmm. And as again, that's a really great way to like, you know, assume you have it. Yes, assume you have it. Right. And what is, how can you minimize the risk for others? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, this chapter will end Mm -hmm. and sex isn't going anywhere. Right. Sexual partners aren't going anywhere. Uh, It's just like, yeah, I think just this is a time where different things have to be prioritized in terms Mm -hmm. of just casual encounters or like going out and meeting people. Like that's just not where we're at in terms of health and safety right now. But I, I want to do say that another safe practice is, is meeting somebody online, right? And online sex. So I think also maybe for people who are listening, I, I assume maybe you want to challenge you to expand your definition of sex, right? During this time. It doesn't always have to be a physical interaction, which is, you know, genitals based and stuff. You can have, as, as I've always said on this, like, podcast the brain is the biggest sex organ so why not develop lots of other ways of having sex where maybe are a little bit more uh, electronic more intellectual so think about that Uh, again before this podcast we were actually talking about how online dating uh, evolving is evolving (laughs) as well um because you know, again, dating doesn't stop, just like sex doesn't stop. If, if anything, people want to, they want to connect with new people. And I, I'm saying that you don't have to just stop dating just because you don't feel safe meeting people in real life. You can just do it online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Creativity. Creativity. It's also a really, really good way if you're meeting people online to actually realize whether you have chemistry or not, right? (laughs) And that's like a, you know, I always used to recommend to some of my clients who felt like dating was just such a waste of time. I always said dating is a waste of time sometimes because you have to actually invest a lot of time to meet somebody one-on-one. And then once you you meet them one-on-one, you're kind of stuck there. I mean, you, you kind of, within 10 minutes, you can probably tell if you have chemistry or not. But th- but then you're kind of stuck there. You can't leave after 10 minutes. You kind of have to sit there, chit-chat for at least like an hour and be like, okay, <laughs> now, <I'm, laughs> now I've got a meeting. <laughs> uh, but actually, if you're meeting people online these days, right, it's actually much easier to have a quicker interaction. For sure. And I think it also tests people's conversation skills. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And also you get all of those things that we talked about um, with the with a sort of scheduling that sort of sex dates, right? So in a way, this is like scheduling a date to meet in real life. So what you're doing is actually just building a lot of anticipation. I mean, so much anticipation mm-hmm. about meeting this person in real life, which you, which we will get to do, you know, at some point. Also, the other um, practices, you know, general hygiene practices also 
come into play here. So make sure you're washing your hands mm-hmm. before you put them all over your partner. Make sure you, are, you know, shower sex probably is a great idea these days. That could be kind. It's kind of fun, kind of hot as yeah. well. But like that's the the next. If you haven't already tried it, right? We yeah. talk about、uh, using novelty. As we know, novelty is、mm-hmm. the most is the sexiest thing. Yes. Right. So like, so where what haven't we done? Like, what part of the house? Like, haven't we explored? Yes.、Right? Yeah. 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 Actually, with not on that point of novelty as well. One of the other ideas that I gave people. On the workshop yesterday, if you want to spice things up as well, is having a staycation, because and again, depending on where you're listening from, you know this might not be possible for all of you. But in Hong Kong, you know the hotels are still running and they are so desperate for business right now. There's great deals, but it's also nice to support your local for your、yeah. local businesses as well. So. You know, if you want to create some excitement, like that is also a great idea for novelty, and you're doing something really good for the economy yeah, as well. A little, little boost here and there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Kim. For、oh, thank you, thank you coming on today. I had such a great time chatting with you. It's a huge, yeah, obviously, great time chatting with you too. But I think just such an important part. And I love like the three C's. Thinking about how do we like how do we be creative? How do we communicate this? And how do we connect? Did I get it right? Yes. Like,、uh, how do we be creative? How do we connect? And how do we communicate? Oh、yeah. wait, no. I think we've added a fourth C okay, there. I got a, f- a fourth one. <laughs> yes, it was.、Um, how do we commit? Oh, commit、there、to、okay. the time and and、okay. effort to make something、ah. special. Okay, well we can have four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can have four. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's a really good note or summary、mm-hmm. to leave everyone with. So how do we corona-proof our fifth C? <laughs> <laughs> our, <laughs> our sex and love lives. Remember the C's, okay? So, listeners, now I would love to hear from you.、Um, which corona-proofing tip or strategy will you be applying to your relationship? Find me at hello Sarah Sense on Instagram or drop me a line at sarahsense.com. I would love to hear from you. And if you got value from this podcast, please subscribe and review. Us either on Facebook or on Apple Podcasts. These reviews really help people find us better, and more importantly, they really make my day. So I really believe that it is possible to maintain a healthy sex and love life despite this challenging time. We just need to remember those C's and get better in bed. Stay safe, stay sane, stay sexy. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Kim. Thank you. <laughs>